always put the coffee on. You'll find me bathing in the sun. I hear it's warm in All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Higher Ground Society podcast. Um, this is Gerald Crook with Chandler Jones, or C.A. Jones, as he's known to the music world. Um, and we're going to continue a conversation that we started earlier this week talking about um, Chandler's music, which is amazing. And I hope you guys are really vibing to it as I am. Uh, but before we get to uh, his, his some of his other the, the song that we're going to talk about for this episode, I'd like to ask you, Chandler, um, so you kind of mentioned this in the previous episode uh, that you do dabble in other mediums. Yeah, of, I mean, I think forms of art. Uh, I mean, my, of my dad all, being a songwriter um, was a big part of it. Yeah, the, the um, art form. I was just constantly you could express, listening you could express to music. Yourself. Music um, seems to be the more primary one. Kid, so why, why is why is that? Was aware of the the musical history in Muscle Shoals, mm-hmm. where I'm from, and going up to Nashville, it was, it was just what, what kind of hooked me originally. And, you know, a lot of, in, in Muscle Shoals, especially they talk about the Tennessee River runs right through it. And there's, you know, the legend of, you know, that there's Native Americans mm-hmm. that have lived on this river for thousands of years. And <clears throat> they have a legend that there is a, a muse, a singing muse that lives in the Tennessee River. And that's why it's called the Singing River, um, right there in the Shoals. Yeah. And it's crazy how many musicians have come from that part of Alabama, just how many, I mean, amazing artists would go there to record. And, you know, it's like they always say that there's I had no idea. <laughs> something in the water <laughs> there. And... You know, I believe that. It, it, I heard, I guess I heard the song when I was a kid. You know, I spent a lot of time exploring the Tennessee River Valley and, you know, playing guitar, writing songs on the banks of it. And so, whatever, whatever's there, I guess, you know, got a hold of me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I latched on. <laughs> That's deep. Yeah. Well, well, I'm glad. So, I mean, so let's talk about some of the other forms since, you know, music is what's latched on. But I mean, so you do visual art, which completely threw me because, again, I don't didn't know you very well, um, only primarily through social media. But yeah, you I mean, the way it's, you it's coming from the same art, place. I think where I it, started it, seeing it actually popping it up. It feels the same. Auburn. You know, it's, so it's just kind of a different work, mute, a different language of whatever the creative kind of two flow is things for you. Um, you know, it always kind of painted or I always love to draw, um, mm-hmm. carry around notebooks, just drawing all the time. And then... <clears throat> Living in Opelika, mm-hmm. just graduated, and I got a parking ticket in Auburn, mm-hmm. 250 bucks, couldn't afford it, and I had this canvas sitting around, or it may have been like a thrift store painting that I painted over. And uh, yeah, I did this big painting and posted it, <laughs> and I was like, hey, I need to pay for a parking ticket. Anyone want to buy this? Mm-hmm. And you know, people liked it. And somebody bought it, paid for the parking ticket. And so, so that, yeah, it worked out. Um, and so then I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll make another one because I really enjoy doing this. And then, I mean, I, I haven't, I mean, I haven't painted in <laughs> nice. probably a year or two. I want to get back into it. But I was um, melting down wax and mm-hmm. pouring these different geometrical shapes. And, you know, it was really... It kind of feels like playing the piano, you know, you just kind of go into that, that space. And I don't, I don't know. I really enjoyed it for a while. And then, mm-hmm. you know, moved to Birmingham after that and was painting in my really tiny studio apartment and, you know, trying to sell some of those to pay for my bills. And then when I moved to Portland, I was painting some more, but yeah, it, it was, it was a thing where mm-hmm. if I didn't, I wasn't consumed with music or I wasn't writing actively, then I could just do that leisurely. There was less pressure. 
that I put on myself to do it, you know? Because I'm like, I'm not a painter. You know, I enjoy it, but like, I'm not, I'm not a painter. Um, and so I could just do it as just a fun, pure expression. Because sure. with music, I like, you know, mm-hmm. hold myself yeah. to yeah. a certain standard and put a lot of pressure sure. on myself to like, it's got to be perfect, you know, very meticulous. So it's kind of mm-hmm. nice just to, to relax, have fun with painting kind of balances it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I can see that. That's a nice, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I just, again, yeah. this is what the show is all about. That's what high ground society is all about the arts and how they, um, complement our lives or enhance our lives and it seems like you got a nice balance of everything going on right there you know you, you do music it's something you love but also you can fall back on this visual uh, mm-hmm. I had one too. year and, uh, in Opelika that's, that's, that's a good setup <laughs> and say. then one year in Birmingham um, and so uh, you said you, meant you moved to Portland but I thought it was after you graduated but you had a little brief stint between um, graduating and a lot of it was the landscape I okay. just thought Pacific Northwest was so beautiful um okay cool and really so foggy why portland doug fir of all trees places. the mountains and then you know you've got like wine country in the central part of the state sure. and then obviously the ocean and i just i needed mm-hmm. i needed to get out of the south um mm-hmm. i never i never lived anywhere else you know and sometimes you gotta you got to get it out of your perspective mm-hmm. in order to see it in a different way, to see it in a broader lens. And, you know, I knew that Portland was a really progressive city, which I wanted. Um, knew it had, you know, a lot of great bands were coming out of Portland and Seattle that I was into. And yeah, and it was just, it just felt, it felt right. I don't know. And then, yeah, so I just packed up, packed up my car and my little Honda CRV and just, just booked it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is so bold and and brave. I, I, I admire that. I, like to think that I could do that, but I know realistically I have not gotten to the point where just pack up and go anywhere. I love structure and <laughs> have few plans and all that jazz. But I mean, I think it, it paid off because um, you did get that yeah. experience. I do think it's important for people, um, not just folks here in Alabama, but especially folks in Alabama <laughs> to yeah, get outside I mean, of the state and see the world. It I doesn't just, even have met. to be the world all sorts again, of could just be people, across the country all different sure. kinds so of tell people me what, like, some of your experience from you know that experiences from growing uh, from up Portland small town Alabama and then even going to mm-hmm. Auburn you know you're surrounded by just you know a lot of people that were raised Christian that talked a certain way thought a certain way mm-hmm. and I knew those people really well and you know out in Portland it, I wouldn't say it was cultural shock but you know, I was, I was meeting transgender people and I was meeting anarchists. I was, you know, meeting all sorts of people that I'd never encountered before. So it's so inspiring just to have a different energy. And, and the that city is just all about expressing yourself. And um, it's, it's just really the, the natural beauty in that city. There's, they just kind of let their yards just grow wild. Mm-hmm. You know, in the South, you've got like very manicured lawns that, you know, we're trying to control everything out there. It's just like, let it, let it be natural. Let it do its thing. There, there's beauty in the kind of wildness of it. Nice. Um, and so, yeah, I was just really, mm-hmm. really taken yeah. by the, the city. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I ended up, Absolutely. Meeting a really, one of my best friends now, his name's Matt Dorian. <clears throat> we were working, working at a cafe together and unbelievable songwriter, incredible songwriter. And so, you know, I got to know him and then through him was introduced to a few more musicians in that sort of 
the Portland scene that's going on there. And yeah, it was just, it was a time of, you know, self exploration. And I think a lot of the velvet hour came from me leaving the South, moving to Portland and then me returning back to the South as a sort of, you know, full circle prodigal son narrative, you know, or in a way being it's Portland. There's, there's like roses everywhere in Portland. Okay. And there's so many gardens. And so it, it kind of took this garden of Eden yeah. sense to where, to, to represent a sort of uh, divine hmm. union of, of wh- where everything is, is balanced and so that's kind of where this record starts is from this garden, but then okay. cast out of it. It's like, you can't stay in paradise. You, you, ha- you have to wander, you have to revisit your roots. You have to reconcile, you have to surrender to the process of your own transformation. And so oh. but Portland was definitely the setting and the catalyst for that kind of story. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, a, it's just a term that I came cool. up with. Wow. Um, and so what is the there, there was a, the, the velvet hour. Does it come out? There was out? a bar I mean, in Portland thinking, that was wait, right across the street from my first apartment. Velvet hour and steady my hand. I, I wrote that song and, that bar it was called the sapphire hotel (laughs) and it was it was really like a dark bar velvet curtains um it was just like my my spot that would go and write and maybe it was the the velvet in that bar or something about it um i came up with the term the velvet hour and Mm -hmm. Basically, the Velvet Hour is is the moment or or the countdown, really, to an experience of of beauty, of of encountering a spiritual force that gets you out of your head, that makes you so aware of, I mean, it's, it's a mystical encounter, you know? Um, and what the Velvet Hour is throughout each song, it is glimpses of that experience. You have a, you have a glimpse of beauty. You have a glimpse of, yeah. of the muse. And, and that takes a lot of different forms. As you go through the record, especially toward the, the latter half of yeah. it, and then to the transcendence of time, which is the last song, that is kind of describing the actual event of mm-hmm. the Velvet Hour when it when it strokes at, at that the collision of heaven and earth to where you experience change. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you said that. Yeah. And so I, that's, okay. I don't want to give it away, yeah. but there are the no songs on the, t- on the album called the velvet hour. You know how some songs are like reflect the title, but the term comes in, in a song. I'm not going to give it away. It's an Easter egg. So folks go listen to the album yeah. and you hear, find out it, where he listens or he said it. And, and when you say that, like it stood out. Was that, that, that the, the velvet thing, when you sing it. That, it that was just came from it. Uh, I think show that, that I had Auburn, sense trying now. to get that same it's idea. All kind of comes together. Um, that's a beautiful explanation yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Full circle for real, man. <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm loving it. So. Um, the song that you wanted to discuss from this, the Velvet Hour album uh, was Aquarius Moon. I awoke one morning to the 
begging of a cave. Down the yeah, yeah. So, so this song, I mean, if you listen to the record from start to finish, you kind of notice a shift um so why did you um, want to pick this song halfway and then tell through us, the like, record the inspiration behind the it. first part yeah. of it is 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 living externally it's it's searching there's a lot of there's a lot of uh just energy out, outward okay. energy and then it shifts to the inner world mm-hmm. um about halfway through an aquarius moon is sort of that pathway into yourself into your own unconscious really and you know it's 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 diving into the deep trenches of of the soul of yourself and specifically um lyrically it goes into a cave it goes through this journey and i had I wrote this song in Nashville and I had just been, I've been researching a lot of uh, Native American sacred uh-huh. sites throughout, throughout Tennessee, like the different mounds and, you know, trying to go, go to caves and see what I felt. And there is this one cave in Fort Payne, Alabama. Okay. It's called Manito. And uh, I went into that cave with uh, my brother and our friend Mark. We were taken into the cave by the woman that is preserving it and that owns the land. Annette Reynolds, yeah. You know her? Cool. Yeah, she's amazing. Uh, Such a cool woman. And... So going into this cave, you know, it is felt that, uh, Annette? just the, the cave metaphor throughout yeah, time yeah, is yeah, just just, uh-huh, to use uh-huh. as exploring the psyche, yeah. you know. And <clears throat> through this song, I think that, especially in the chorus, we can get into lyrics mm-hmm. uh, in a second, but it's kind of the shedding of self, cool. shedding yeah, of yeah. the ego mind in, in order to in order to kind of welcome a more collective consciousness. Um, and in doing that, you kind of uh, mm-hmm. you kind of shed, you kind of have a death, you kind of die to yourself uh, in order to feel the pain mm-hmm. of, of everyone. And so that really that what that song is getting at, it's, it's kind of the journey into the cave of the self Mm-hmm. finding what is buried mm-hmm. deep under the layers and holding on to it and seeing where it goes from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. And so I'm, I'm reading all the first lyric that I wanted to go over and I see that leaping out very very uh, prominently so um the one the first one is carried in by water over passages of time carved with stone the name so that of one yeah it's, has it's become alive um basically so starting i'm beginning to see that so tell me more about that I mean, starting you, you, you in, have a in geographical water as water sense of you know how caves are created and everything but and what is this what are you saying specifically in, in manito <clears throat> you walk in and you've got you know, 300 years of human history inscribed on the wall. You've, you know, you've got uh, Cherokee, the Cherokee alphabet is in one room. And then you've got, you know, Civil War soldiers carving their names in. Then you've got like, you know, a kid in the early 1900s. And then you've got, you know, a graffiti uh, from probably 10 years ago. And so mm-hmm. it's literally, whoa, okay. Uh, a museum of human history mm-hmm, mm-hmm. etched into this wall into this place and it kind of make you know it makes you think of of time differently sure. of, of, not, of not linear you know more of a an impression in either a cave wall or in space that is nice. constantly being revisited constantly being cycled through yeah 
So a lot of that has to do with the cyclical nature of, of time and how we are always revisiting the past. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Man. Well, <laughs> yes. All right. Oh. That's like, again, I, I, I'm the imagery just from you talking about that. But again, I got for somehow I, I kind of got that same imagery just from that line. And so I think it, you, you are really connecting some dots and making things very plain. I really appreciate mm -hmm. that. Um, so the next question is, uh, well, not a question, but the next line is, look yeah, over I the mean, line part of, part that defines our humanity I guess so that we may peer into the clear of a searching infinity. process. Is a very, it's beautifully sang. Uh, I, I love the understanding way you put that in the, the song. So what's that one to talk about? How we're all connected, how we, we all share this, this web of humanity. And, and it's a, again, a thing of like, when you get out of your head, when you get out of your ego, when you question the way you were raised, you, you question uh, mm -hmm. your belief mm -hmm. in God or a higher power, or in questioning it, you know, it expands your belief in that. It expands what, what mm -hmm. all that represents. <clears throat> and it really is just kind of a call mm -hmm. to be like, hey, question your reality um look look beyond the Absolutely. veil because there's a lot of mysterious mm -hmm. things that we don't understand about this life and we have been conditioned as a society to to remain in fear or or you know as a mechanism of control so that we cannot awaken to that mm -hmm. greater universal truth that we're all kind of divine beings you know and so that that's what that course is about it's like um look, look beyond the the small version of what we are as humans and realize absolutely. that we can be infinite absolutely for sure and and I think one of the things I love about music and, and, and writing in general is that it can be applied in a lot of different ways. And I, I think about that a lot. Um, I think on the first episode, I was talking to my friend about, um, he's like, what's your hope for Alabama? And he asked me what mine was. And I said, like, no fear. So there's the fear thing. And then also, too, from my personal perspectives, I, also, I often think that a lot of the things that we're dealing with or struggling with as a society, whether it's, you know, uh, white supremacy and racism or, you know, homophobia yeah. or right. misogyny, it's literally like this fear of the unknown or fear of what's, you know, uh, of these of people who are different from me. And like, if I submit to their existence yeah that, that, <laughs> that has to all I, fall know, down and if i submit to this and yeah. i acknowledge that they are actual people they have, yeah. have feelings yeah. and they have these needs and these things yeah then i'm afraid of what that might mean for me which yeah. we got to get beyond that right yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah and that line looking looking over that line that you know that's 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 tight i can dig into that for real i'll we'll definitely be using this line to refer to the, uh to get people on on track yeah it's actually a beautiful way to put it um and then the other line um, very yeah. quick sliver uh yeah you don't need gold um, or let's silver see. So in a garden made of souls that and i was like so that part of the, the verse um it's, oh, it's oh my bad. an idea. Oh, wow, that's even better. <laughs> so, you, if you start with the record, cast your so, cast out of the garden. And, and, and gardens here, in this sort of context, just represent places of death and birth. Um, it's not just it's not just one entity. And so here, it's like you're going through this cave, and it, it's a it's an initiation. It's, it's a process okay. of change that you're yeah. going through. And mm -hmm. once you reach this garden, kind of metaphysical garden in the cave, um, it's just full of life. It's full of beauty. It's full of mm -hmm. joy. It's mm -hmm. full of singing. 
Um, and you don't need anything. You don't need money. You don't need fame, success, all those things that we're conditioned to believe we have to experience in order to be happy. We don't need any of that. It's like simply being free of the constraints of what society tells us we should be and enter into the space mm. of, of song of joy that nothing else can penetrate and change. It, it's really that like desire to, to discover that inner joy, you know, in a garden song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that reminds me of uh you know Lauren Hill. Yes. Yeah. So she did her unplugged album. And I think I might have talked about this on another episode. Because like I these are things I keep they have again built my foundation in understanding the world. And she talks about that. Um she well, she had well, she has one song called I Have to Lose Myself so I can learn to love you better. So that that's that's one line, and of course I'm line that I think kind of reflects a lot of what you're talking about here so there's that but she also talks about how she had to reintroduce herself to her family and her friends and stuff because they had all kind of not necessarily they on purpose but just as a condition of life they had this idea of who she was and she felt they put her in a box right and so she had to basically just strip all that like you've been saying deconstruct all that um to get to her joy in life, you know, to, to re, to rediscover what made her happy and her, you know, and I was, yeah, and so again, I'm, I'm making a parallels. I love the way that you artists, these ideas of, <laughs> you creatives of, of are really bringing that to the forefront of, and reminding uh, you know, us of that, that because it's, it's of that American dream that, that was set in place, yeah. but, but was never meant to occur by the system at large. It's like, we have to, to go through that personal mm-hmm. experience that personal deconstruction before we can do it as a society, you know, it can't, it can't be intellectualized. It's got to be felt, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Hey man. Yeah. <laughs> right. Can't be intellectualized or politicized. Right. You know, I'm yo, I'm so on, on the same page because that is, I and I see a lot of. I'm glad you said that because I see a lot of activists and organizers who are, yeah. you know, are tempted to go down that route, uh, or you know, especially even just with this election, they were so hard on. Um, I'm not buying. Not, this is not a Joe Biden stand podcast. <laughs> I'm just reporting what I saw. But there are a lot of people who wanted Joe Biden to be this mm-hmm. perfect candidate who just who wanted right. they wanted him to come in and flip this switch and undo um you know 300 years of oppression and, and all that jazz. And yeah. to be fair, he can do a lot to get us there if he wants to. So there's that. But totally. realistically at yeah. the core yeah. of these and, things and, the and reconcile that this is, is the way it's been made. This is the system thing, that, right? so we that have we've to, been given. Before you know? we can go and construct all that, we've got to do all that as American yeah, people. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think it's until it all I'm, yeah, I'm right with you on that one. crumbles, it can't fully change. <laughs> I mean, you, right. yeah, you, you can you can try to implement yeah. new policies and all of that, but you know, I think something that was set up to keep people marginalized, keep people controlled yeah. by fear. All right, that's the only way for it to truly change is for it to crumble. <laughs> man well did you set out to to create a a um revolutionist album (laughs) or you know this social justice album because i mean it's it's there or i think it just really speaks to the universal nature of of everything you're talking about so um Again, well yeah. done. Yeah, Beautiful. my friend uh, Courtney Marie um, Andrews. Um, the harmonies there. I really harmonies on that. and appreciate it. And um, so uh, tell me at how the, the, at the end was, of it was created uh, as far as like the I process. wanted to. So there's, there's a guest, someone uh, singing harmonies there with you. So kind of really capture the, the theme of okay. the water flowing mm-hmm. and really making like a, a spiraling flow that goes to the song. 
And so at the end of it, you'll hear this, this, this stream that is flowing in the back of the, the violin solo. And I went out and this beautiful stream outside Nashville that I recorded on my phone. Mm-hmm. So if you listen to it with headphones, it's mixed to where it sounds like this water is moving mm-hmm. in a circle at the end of it to, to, to really feel like you're, you're kind of swirling down into this, this place. Nice. Uh, and yeah, so it's pretty simple. Uh, you know, there's acoustic guitar mm-hmm. played a nylon string on that one. We had uh, clarinet coming on the second verse and then one mm-hmm. played, I think he did a uh, lap still guitar on that. And then at the end, we, uh, this woman named Kristen Weber did all the strings on the record, mm-hmm. all the violin and viola. And we were just like, we want you to, to just feel mm-hmm. the spirit of the song and improvise and play whatever you want. And man, mm-hmm. she just like got, got back in the studio and just did this violin improv in one take and it just it blew us away and we're like that that was it i mean totally just yeah it was it was really surreal to watch so yeah that that song just came really organically when we we're making it yeah <laughs> yeah sounds like that's the best way to make make music man i love yeah. that um one take she sounds like a beast <laughs> that's awesome fantastic well thank you for sharing um your some insight into aquarius moon again there's so much depth to all the songs you can even if you just listen to it in first as a first i mean yeah if you listen to it the whole album is on a first pass you just sense that there, there's a lot behind these songs a lot of thought a lot of um, effort and time, and, yeah. and I, I really appreciate yeah. you taking the time to do all that because um, that's true artistry to me. I think um, people taking their time to craft and make something beautiful and, and meaningful, that's, that's really meaningful to me. So, yes. Um, so thank yeah. you. Uh, hang tight to the end of the episode and you can hear Aquarius Moon in, in its entirety. Um, and uh, yeah, I just as we kind of head on out, yeah, I mean, uh, at the end of, of our my conversation with you, Alabama thank you. Um, seems to symbolize. You kind of talked about this in the first part, American but what about Alabama, if anything, you know, inspires you to create? Is there something, you know, of the? I mean, with it being sacred land for the Native Americans that lived here, they being driven mm-hmm. out in droves when Europeans entered into this land obviously 400 years of slavery leading up to the civil rights movement that happened in Birmingham. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it holds the suffering. It holds the, the hope it, it, it's, it's hallowed ground because Mm -hmm. of all of these terrible things that have happened in the history of this place, it needs healing more than anything, especially in the South, you know, and so as, as an artist, that, that is just a ton of inspiration mm-hmm. and energy to draw from. And I mean, mm-hmm. like I'm, yeah. I'm in Birmingham right now, just a block away from 16th Street Baptist Church and, you know, Kelly Ingram Park where, where Martin Luther sure. King, you know, just stood. I mean, the, just being in Birmingham, you really get the gift the weight of like how mm-hmm. unbelievably important that movement was. And the fact that it happened in Birmingham, it's just unbelievable, you know, and especially in the climate that we're at <clears throat> to where a lot of Southerners are trying to imagine a new South where we reconcile mm-hmm. with our history. We're not, mm-hmm. we don't, you know, shy away from it. We had these hard conversations. We look at ourselves in the mirror. We try to figure out what can we create to make this a special place. I mean, it's it has to happen in Alabama because it, you know it's kind of where it all began. <laughs> yeah.
That's true. I yeah, particularly too. I mean, if you think of the Civil War and you think of the Civil Rights Movement, the two precipitating well, not precipitating, but two of the the biggest things. And we sent the the yeah, what's that in Montgomery? After the, I think it's called the Winter Building, is where the 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 order to attack Fort Sumter yeah, was sent yeah, from Montgomery. So they got that. And that civil war yeah, it's, have it's the really bus boycott, which is sacred kind of ground because of, because of these are things literally that have happened on the same the there those two and buildings are that. literally you across the street the from each other. When, when you're here now, so, and yeah. so it's especially being from here, it's been most of my life here. Mm-hmm. I just uh feel uh not an obligation, but I feel passionate about mm-hmm trying to make art that confronts that personally and socially and how to envision the South as a a more beautiful, inclusive experience. And artists have to stay in Alabama for it to change, you know, and to to question these, these very powerful people that have ruled this place in the name of hate for a long time. And so until, until that happens, you know, it's like we got to play our part. Yeah. Right on. I love that. So, so speaking of playing our part, I mean, I did up to everything you just said. That's part of why I do what I do. Um, but yeah. we, before we started recording, you shared some pretty exciting inf- some news to me that I thought was fantastic. Um, so you, again, you were here in Auburn, grew up here. I'm just going to go over through your life yeah. real quick. Just a, re- a quick recap. Yeah, um, yeah. Northwest um, Alabama, Auburn for yeah, school. The, the, I mean, this year, Nashville is just Portland, for everyone. Nashville. It's just been a whirlwind. Then, but you're coming back. I lost my job, and then I had to move out of my correct? house back in August, and it was just yeah. like, I'd been thinking about moving back to Birmingham, but me, I, I was just, I was kind of pushed, pushed into it, you know, like so, so many things aligned to where I was like, this is where I'm supposed to come back to for this next part of my life. And yet, and you've got to trust that, you got to trust the intuition of where it, where it takes you. So yeah, I'm in the process of, of moving. I just got a job here um, as a flower delivery driver. <laughs> so if you need any flowers uh just just give me a call and i'll i'll deliver especially for you <laughs> oh nice <laughs> i love that that's fantastic no truly um i can't Again, because I, as I was sharing with you, uh, there's a struggle. And I talk a lot of young people, we experience this, a lot of people, young people in Alabama experience this, you know, yeah. coming here, falling in love with different aspects of the state, seeing yeah. the, the flaws in the state and wanting to fix them, but not always feeling empowered or yeah. do their part to fix them, but not always feeling empowered to do so. And so you find a lot of people yeah. leaving and I mean, just kind of... And, and really what, what planted the, the idea back is kind of I the think first Coming was, back to Alabama to invest in it. I was here in town visiting is revolutionary when the George Floyd because it, protests it, it were going on. It can take a lot out of you. So And yeah. went to one of the the gatherings at Kelly Ingram Park and, you know, was just so overwhelmed by the speakers. And then mm-hmm. that was the night that uh, a group went over to tear down the Confederate monument in Lynn Park. And I went over there for that. And just to, just to witness the community of Birmingham, literally picking up anything they could find to tear down this giant obelisk to confront their mm-hmm. history with the police being, I mean, at the beginning, they were really respectful. Um, the mayor coming out, you know, it was just like this, this is a totally unique experience of what a community mm-hmm. is. And to see that play out, it's like, man, this, this is, this is something special that I need mm-hmm. to be here for. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you, might, you know, it's, sure. so 
That's a great segue. My hope is that we can sounds like you're kind of already hinting at reconcile with the terrible things that have happened here. I ask everyone this question. My hope is Uh, that we're not (laughs) controlled by these very powerful Republican people that are using Christianity as a means to keep them, Mm -hmm. you know, in line, keep them in fear. I, I, I mean, my hope is that it changes. I mean, obviously, but I think that in order for it to change, each individual has to, to look at themselves, look, look at the, the prejudice they have, look, look at their lives. And I mean, we can't all be an activist, but everyone has a certain role to play in this whole drama of things. And so I, you know, I hope people get creative and start making art that confronts these things that starts talking to their, you know, racist grandparents or, or whatever, having these tough conversations, confronting, you know, all of it the best they can and, you know, just practice love. <laughs> yes yes man well again that gives me hope myself it's very comforting because sometimes you can feel you know a little isolated um in the in the work or in that sort of thing so when that when you find that community who's on the same wavelength who's all about you know enacting positive change (laughs) who's and, and committed to loving. That's really something. So I really appreciate you saying that. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you for this conversation. It's been fantastic. And I, I, it will not be the last. <laughs> it can't be. Um, hopefully, since you know we're both in, in the Birmingham area and we'll try to do something COVID safe or something, but we, we got a lot to talk about and a lot to create. And so um, you're not, you're, you're on my radar for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you're beyond um, on my radar. If you want to listen uh, to the Velvet Hour, it's on uh, Spotify, so again, thank you for joining and us. All, the, all the streams. Um, and, and before we head out, let's uh, let people know where they can Instagram. find you, it how they can connect Chandler with you after this Jones. episode. I'm not yet, but I'm starting to plan some things for next year okay. in, in Birmingham. Nice. And do doing you, I mean, some again, it's COVID interesting. Time, so, like, do you have any special have events or anything coming up? Or Velvet Hour and the Max or? record that I've written this year, uh, which is kind of kind of a sequel to the Velvet okay. Hour. So yeah, I got some got some ideas. It's coming. Yeah, I got to figure out how to make it, but it's it's written. It's all done. Yeah. Oh, so we, yeah. We've already got a sequel album in the work. Oh, man, that's awesome. That's so good to hear. So good to hear. Okay, well, all right. Yeah, you thank, guys heard it. It's, it's um, check we'll them out to, on Instagram we'll and all the streams on uh, Spotify and Apple Music. You will not be disappointed. Um, and again, Chandler, thank you so much for Bye. joining for the conversation. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Listen, say, uh, hang tight and listen to Aquarius Moon. And uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Higher Ground Society Podcast. I'm C.A. Jones, and this is my song, Aquarius Moon, from my new album, The Velvet Hour. Hope you all enjoy.
That was Aquarius Moon by C.A. Jones. 
another floating experience similar to his song Steady My Hand that we shared earlier this week. The song that opened up this episode, also the one that's playing now, it's called The Fortune Teller. All of these songs are from C.H. Jones' latest album, The Velvet Hour, which you can find wherever you stream your music. You should seriously go and check it out to experience the full work in its entirety. You won't regret it. Two reminders before closing out. Number one, we're looking to hear from our listeners with our new Higher Ground Society podcast voicemail. We want to know who's out there listening, where you're listening from, and your relationship to Alabama. So head on over to HigherGroundSociety.org and check out the podcast page under the program section. At the bottom of that page is our voicemail recorder with some instructions on how to leave a message. Once we get that from you, we'll add you to the mix of one of our future Higher Ground Society podcast episodes. Lastly, as we ask of all of our guests, C.A. Jones has curated a playlist of music that he's really feeling these days. So look out later today on Higher Ground Society's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for that playlist to get in on that action. And that's a wrap. Again, a huge thank you to C.A. Jones for taking this time to chat with me and sharing his thoughts and music. I truly enjoy our conversation. Thank you as well for listening. It's always great to have you. Until next time, take care.